All right. Well, it looks like we are back, right? We're, you'll probably see a face missing here. Our fearless leader, Michael Sipes, can't be with us tonight here on the Dynasty Trades HQ. Episode 225, you'll recognize Shane Manila at Shane is the Worst. I'm Jeremy Broen at Dynasty Madman. The handsome gentleman that joined us today, who's quite a bit younger than our old asses, special guest Scott Barrett, a.k.a. Dude Fantasy Bro, the DFB, our friend, friend of the show, director of Dank Stats at Fantasy Points, um, fantasypoints.com. You got to check that out. Scott, how the hell are you? I'm good. I'm good, guys. Uh, finally finished my you know massive running back, wide receiver, tight end articles. Uh, going to have my official rankings go out tomorrow, probably. And so now I'm just relaxing, you know, hanging out with you guys, having some fun. And I get to relax. Oh, so your official, official rankings are coming out. So you, yes. you, you finished your production uh, profile rankings now, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's what I was reading earlier. I guess I can't actually disagree with production profile because it's 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 pretty, it's what I'm looking for, pretty straightforward, right? Or is there some like secret sauce in there? Um, I, I really try not to di- disagree with it too much. Uh, for some players, I, I'm, I'm going to have to, like David Bell, his athleticism is just too much of a red flag for me. It's going to get incorporated in the, into the second phase of my model. And then there's some other players like Traylon Burks, who just has the most fraudulent production profile I've ever seen. Or, well, actually, it's it's identical to LaVisca Chenault's in many ways. So uh, a lot of that doesn't factor into my official model, but it's just like so much of a red flag that uh, I'm going to manually adjust him down. And uh, so he's going to be a little lower in my final ranks. I didn't even get the David Bell on your rank. Where was he? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's super long. It, this is just sort of like, yeah, I, I've read like a third of it. I have to set aside a few other hours to get to the rest of it. My, my subscribers <laughs> get mad because they're like, mm-hmm. You know, just give us the names. It's like, all right, you're getting that tomorrow. If you want to check my work, you want to you know, see my work, you could read this stuff. And that's basically all it is. But uh, yeah, he's, he's uh, I think he was wide receiver 10 in my official rankings. Uh, um, yeah, among power five wide receivers, wide receiver 10, probably official wide receiver 10, even with the non-power five guys. And he'll be like wide receiver 13 or 14 in my final rankings. Wow. Speaking of um, wide receivers that are probably going to transition to tight ends later, just I know no one cares, but <laughs> ah, I nice. JJ Arcega-Whiteside is officially um, switched positions to tight end uh, starting, I guess, Monday at their camp. They should just make him block. So just wait, wait, is he a buying dynasty as a tight end? No. Okay. All right. I So may, honestly, maybe. Like I, I chase those converted tight ends all day, every day because – athleticism matters so much more at the tight end position than anything else. And like speed score is a a really important predictive uh, variable there. And he has that. And uh, you know, we know he was a sick pass catcher in college and those are the kind of tight ends we want. We want the, the tight ends who are just basically wide receivers masquerading as tight ends. So, uh, I mean, he'll be a UDFA for a while until we hear some exciting buzz, but I mean, T- Tyree Jackson's a guy I've held on deep rosters. Yeah, um, sure. The Green Bay tight end, another converted. Uh, Greg Dulcich was a wide receiver early in his UCLA career. And, uh, the hit rate's pretty good there, so he might be a thing. Who knows? So, Jay, just just looking at his uh, comps on mock draftable um, at wide receiver, JJ Arcega Whiteside. His top comp is uh, Drake London for for what that's worth. Um, 
Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I had Tyree Jackson. What's crazy about the Eagles is they ran more two tight end sets after they got rid of Ertz. They just used the other tight end as, like, strictly a blocker. You had an um, Eagles player? Come on, I don't believe you. <laughs> Jack stole and Tyree Jackson blocking, and they were always out there. So maybe if I say I get Whiteside's out there running against linebackers from 1996, like that mold of linebacker, I think he could really tear things up. He can't. He can't beat NFL CBs, but you know, maybe he could beat NFL linebackers, right? Right. All right. So we didn't introduce you, did we? Did we introduce Scott? We didn't. We we introduced him, but we didn't let him tell us about himself. So now's a great time, right? Yeah. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Scott Barrett DFB, uh, co-owner of FantasyPoints.com. I've been on the show enough. I think I think most people know who I am by now. Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. That's right. Alec Come Baldwin. On anytime. So we got news, just two things I just wanted to talk about. Debo. So Debo wants to get traded because he's very upset about being used as a running back because he also realizes that if they continue to use him as a running back, <laughs> the one he's, year of him being done. healthy is never going to happen again. Uh, I'm assuming he's just going to go because now anytime anyone asks for a trade, it happens. So where is he going to end up, Scott? Is he going to end and he's going to drop far in Dynasty now that Cleveland, he's not, man. not with on. the great Kyle Shanahan? I mean, Miami makes a lot of sense, yes. you know, re- rekindled the you know, same Shanahan scheme. And uh, imagine, imagine a, a, a trio of Waddle, no. Tyreek, oh, um, Debo. That'd be, be crazy. Sick. Dude, how um, much wasted fantasy value do I have to have one on one roster though? That would kill me. <laughs> Those three would just cannibalize each other. Yeah. Mike McDaniel wouldn't know what to do with that. <laughs> it's too much. Or 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 reconnect with the other former San Francisco head coach and with the Jets. I, I think that's probably the most likely landing spot. They've been chasing wide receivers all offseason. Oh, I would like that. I read that something be- about the Browns being a with the with the money, with the hey. with the need for a wide receiver, with mm-hmm. Deshaun, with their wanting to have a you know, another real star wide out. I don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna hold my breath, but it seems like logical. I'm still waiting for Will Fuller to sign there. That, I mean, that was the given. Yeah, that should yet. happen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. Maybe, maybe. That, they're just going to do that closer to camp, like for camp re- or for uh, cap reasons. A maybe. camp like, body. <laughs> no, like, no, more like it's they know they're going to sign them, but they have to wait until the next fiscal year just to fit them under the budget. I don't know. I don't know. Look, we know on. Will's going to make it through, like, say, week two or three. So he's more than a camp body. We're going to keep him around a little bit, but then it, ultimately IR, and so we'll need someone else. I'm kidding. It, it would be cool if he reignited that with, with Watson, but I, I don't think they'll do it. All right, so Scott, let's let's talk about the uh, your number one uh, wide receiver based on production, based on production. I'm not saying that's, that's what right. he's right. Thank you. Get. I appreciate that. Yes. Clarify. So, who, who is it now? Drake London. I'm surprised. I, I really – I didn't expect that when I first looked at your article – you have to tell us about this and, and you, you probably are, you're, you're probably right. I I mean, probably more right than I am. I want to know why, like for the listeners, why is that your top guy? Yeah. So I'm a big nuance guy. And and again, that, that probably drives my readers crazy because it's just, you know, so many words, but this was, uh, this is really fun for me to put out that, that tweet about, Drake London's archetype and and the contested catch guys in college who most closely fit that profile and how every single one of them were bust and then Twitter went crazy with that and it's like this guy stinks this guy stinks and at the end of the day this guy is my wide receiver one by my production model 
So, uh, you know, maybe I, I got to double dip there and drive the price down and on a guy who and take advantage really, of it. Yes. Yeah. The model loves. Um, yeah. I mean, his, his productions are just absolute, uh, his production was absolutely insane, uh, by competition score, uh, you know, middling to poor quarterback play, but brutally tough highest end NFL caliber target competition, uh, was a beast as an 18, one, a point one year old true freshman. That's extremely young for a freshman really came on late in the second half outproduced, uh, or was basically neck and neck with Amon Ross St. Brown, Michael Pittman, four years older, of course, was the wide receiver one. He was still on the basketball team. Like he rejoined the basketball team after that season. And he played a few games before uh, he got sick. The next year he smashed Amon Ross St. Brown, who, by the way, last year as a rookie, his final six weeks, only Cooper Cup scored more fantasy points. Uh, And then he was a true wide receiver one in 2021 uh, season shortly derailed by injury. But prior to that, I mean, the second most receptions per game, the 10th most yards per game of any power five wide receiver since at least 2002. If age adjusted, it's the third best wide receiver season since at least 2000. Uh, was just, he had everything. He was just an absolute monster. Uh, uh, elite breakout age, elite market share metrics, obscene levels of raw production hyper-efficiency on a per-router, per-target basis. And shockingly, for his size, like one of the most elusive wide receivers after the catch to come out since, in some time, since 2015, he ranks uh, fifth best in career missed tackles for us per touch. Uh, Debo Samuel, DJ Moore, A.J. Brown, Rondale Moore, LaVisca Chenault, they're all in the top 12, but ranking below him. Uh, So, I mean, I really like him. The red flag... And it's a big red flag is, is that tweet I put out, which was if you rank the top wide receiver seasons by percentage of catches coming on contested catches, and then yeah. you have to throw out screens, which are just manufactured production. And he had a lot of those. Uh, it yeah. goes one, Nikhil Harry, two, JJ Arcega Whiteside, three, Jalen Rieger, four, Drake London, five, Denzel Mims. So it's just like a list of the top bus. And like, that's the narrative against them. This, this class is really difficult, really tricky it profiles to me is like, I don't know that it's a bad class, but I think you just take like the top seven guys and you're going to have two to three pro bowlers and then four busts, like true legitimate busts. And like, we have no idea who that's going to be pre hindsight. And it certainly could be Drake London. I've talked to film experts, uh, you know, Mike Renner, he's easy yeah. wide receiver one in the class. Talk to another one. Uh, Jamison Williams, wide receiver one for NFL, but Drake London, wide receiver one for fantasy. And then you talk to some others and he's getting, this is Hakeem Butler. This is uh, JJ or Fago Whiteside. This is uh, an absolute bust in the NFL. He can't beat NFL cornerbacks. He can't get separation. Uh, he's another future tight end convert. I've had say, someone say that to me. So, I mean, that's, that's scary. The problem is like every wide receiver has, a super damning red flag about in line with this one. Yeah. That tweet you sent out definitely, um, definitely <laughs> raised some eyebrows. There's no doubt you uh, affected the market with that, with all those busts Drake London sandwiched in there. So, you know what I was wondering? So I was reading Wes's uh, profile of him, right? And he noted a lot of the same things, obviously from a tape perspective, talking about 
you know, it, the issue isn't like his speed. It's not that he can't separate, even though he doesn't. Um, but he did note that he has like tells in his route that kind of tipped the quarterback uh, cornerback off. And I'm just wondering if that has anything to do with his lack of separation, because if there's no like it feels like there's no other reason for it. Like, I, I really don't know what it would be. He's yeah, I think that's he runs all the time. I think that's really interesting. But at the same time, I mean, like his numbers were so off the charts, like clearly that tell didn't really influence things. Uh, I will say I watched him on tape and I watched a lot of these guys on tape and I'll be the first to tell you I'm not a tape guy, uh, but I did watch him with like one of the best film experts in the game. And I, I went from Traylon Burks to Drake London and it was like watching Geely 2 and Godfather 2 back to back. And <laughs> and so my guy, Brett Whitefield, I think former PFF star, one of the sharpest film experts in the game, he, he said, I went back and I watched every single target. I counted only nine contested catches for Drake London. And I was showing 31% of all non-screens. So way more than that. Um, and he was just saying, basically, I think the, the numbers are bad. I think that it's just bad numbers. And like when I watch his film with Brett, uh, it's you can see how a lot of this is eye of the beholder stuff. Where like, you know, two people can watch Traylon Burks and say he's AJ Brown or he's LaVisca Chenault. And it's the same thing with London he doesn't get separation like a Jamison Williams gets separation. Like he's always going to have a cornerback within touching distance of him, but he does get separation and he's really good at it. I think, again, I'm not a, a tape guy, but he, he positions his body, uh, you know, with, with in the air uh, to make the catch such that he has five yards in front of him or five yards to the sideline with no one coming. And like only he can make that catch. Uh, and yeah, I think, I think he's like sneaky quick after the catch. Um, and I, I, th I think he's, he's an underrated separator. I, so, I mean, the, the numbers tell me no, but I don't know. It's just a, a tricky eval. That was the other thing I thought, well, you, you mentioned it, but it's a red flag. I don't know. A lot of people talk about it, have been talking about it a lot this off season is manufactured touches. And why that's a big it's huge thing. it's a it's yeah. a really big thing uh i for him i will say it's not as big of a red flag with Traylon burks because uh in in some cases it's kind of like impressive you look at the the top contested catch bus and we went over a bunch of them and there's way more than that none of those guys were getting uh wide receiver screens which it, like he has like underrated athleticism for this archetype of course, he didn't do himself any favors by opting out of every event at his pro day. So people saying he's too slow, he can't separate like that didn't help him. And and so like I, I'm I'm really stuck. Like I, I that's a athleticism is a big factor in my model. So do I treat him like I treated Tyler Johnson? My production model loved, but he opted out of every event at the combine. And like I was like, okay, huge red flag. Yeah. NFL says this guy's not athletic. So I'm going to manually adjust him all the way down. Do, it, do I do the same thing with Drake London? Or is it like, hey, this guy is like a unanimous top 15 pick. He had nothing to gain, yeah. everything to lose. And it's just like one of those judgment calls. But like the NFL, like I'm, you can tell I'm having a hard time with this class. Like I, I can break it down, strengths and weaknesses. But like just coming away with that final uh, ranking is, is difficult. And I think the NFL is having the, the exact same problem. 
the Tyler Johnson one was the one, but the Tyler Johnson one was easy because of what we found out the NFL hated him. So it's like, all right, well, I don't need <laughs> they, to like they him. Did. There's literally no reason for me to like him, but yeah, I loved him and they hate Drake him. London's going to go top 15. So you're really going to need to just stake out a side. What was Nikhil Harry? He was like 29 overall. Laquan Treadwell is, I forget where 26, he was. Maybe. 26. Yeah. London get, is getting the love where Tyler Johnson did it. So you have to adjust for that. Of course. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I'm so burned, and especially as being an Eagles fan by wide receivers that can't get open, that I, I, I don't know oh, if I'm going to touch him anywhere. He was on the clock in one draft I was on, and I was just like, I have to draft him, don't I? And I, I just didn't. I was like, You did nah, it. What'd nah, you do? No, nah. well, I'm going to go with a guy that Scott hates, um, Traylon Burks. Uh, <laughs> why, so, I think that's a good choice. <laughs> so why don't you look Traylon Burks or why Either one. production? Uh, uh, yeah, so I, I legitimately do hate him. It's like, I just, I think I hate him now because like, I loved him so much to start. Like I was putting tweets out. Like, I'm like, how could anyone not have this guy as the wide receiver one? And that was of course, like super early into my process where I was just looking at box scores. I was looking at, uh, age adjusted yardage market share, age adjusted yards per route run and, and things of that nature, but, uh, digging deeper and you have to, you have to dig deeper is he has the most fraudulent uh, production I've ever seen since LaVisca Chenault. And it's basically yeah. exactly like LaVisca Chenault. Uh, I, I mentioned red flags and the red flags, like uh, he had the worst uh, teammate score of any wide receiver uh, in, in the top uh, wide receivers on my model. Uh, but like, I, I dismissed that. I didn't think that was like, cause he was so good in spite of that. Uh, what it really comes down to is he was never really asked to do anything that is typically demanded of NFL wide receivers. And that's true of basically every wide receiver, you know, they don't see press coverage as often as they will in the pros, but it goes like so much farther beyond that with Burks. He was never tasked with the responsibility of having to beat an actual cornerback in coverage. The only exception was the go route. And that was it. Instead, they just exclusively went out of their way to manufacture touches for him uh, and this is expressed by the data in a number of ways. So um, high number of targets behind the line of scrimmage, high number of screens. That's a proxy for manufactured touches. And so minus screens and go routes, go routes, they make up 22% of all wide receiver yardage, but only 14% of all uh, wide receiver yardage in the NFL. So it's like way less of a real NFL route. Um Besides that, he hasn't shown us anything. 56% of his re receiving yards came on screens and go routes last year. That was worse than LaVisca Chenault in 2018. Jamison Williams, only 17%. And like that's the best deep threat in the class. 17% versus Burks' 56%. Uh, and then beyond that, like didn't run a nuanced route tree. Never asked to even beat a cornerback in coverage. He had only 17 non-screen catches against single man coverage when lined up in the slot or outside as an actual wide receiver. And among the top 15 wide receivers in this class, only one wide receiver ranked below him. And that was George Pickens who only had five catches all year. Yeah. Drake London had twice as many. He missed four games and it was basically the same as LaVisca Chenault in 2018. Uh, and then the only like final point I'll make is, is 32% uh, of his total yards after the catch came on just three plays. So without that, he falls from best in the class, tied with Jameson, to 11th, tied with John Mechie. And wh when I watched the tape, I what really impressed me 
was the, the soaring 20, the flying 20 time everyone talks about where, hey, if you guy, if you let this guy run in a straight line for five steps, like he's going to go all the way to the house and it's like really sick. And yeah, <laughs> but that's kind of like all I saw. And I, I saw people talk about, you know, well, he's like a freak athlete and he has amazing body control. I did not see that. I saw him like stumble and fall to the ground on screens on a number of occasions. And like the, again, the combine wasn't elite. It was supposed to be elite and it wasn't. And so it's just like a yeah, massive projection, a massive risk. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have this guy like wide receiver six, I'm sure, but. Um, yeah, not terribly low, but like you said, I mean, a, a ton of production, but so manufactured where he didn't have to do a lot on his own. I mean, the thing I'll say huge. for him Love picking, is like he had the smallest sample against press, the smallest sample lined up out wide, the smallest sample, blah, blah, blah. And he was first in every instance. So it's like, hey, just because he didn't do these things doesn't mean he can't do it. But I mean, it does mean he's going to be probably slow to start, unproductive as a rookie, massively landing spot dependent, very risky. Uh, he, I, he was another one just like really struggled with. And I think NFL teams are struggling the same way. Do you like I had, I had, profile better than Burks? I mean, I know you don't have them terribly far apart and, you know, there's been talk that teams like, you know, Pickens better. Some of us maybe prefer Pickens over, you know, Burks overall, but just wondering if you think that, uh, you know, he's safer than based on what you're, you know, you don't have him ranked higher, but, you know, based on what you're saying, it it's almost like Pickens could maybe be a safer bet, especially if he gets drafted in the NFL a little higher. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so this doesn't factor into my analysis at this point, but uh, just just talking about film guys, um, like Greg Cosell said, he thought Alec Pierce and George Pickens were significantly better prospects than Drake London. He is George Pickens as the wide receiver one. I had Jim Nagy, director of the Senior Bowl, on my podcast. He said thought LaVisca Chenault was significantly better than Traylon Burks, did not see him anywhere near the wide receiver one conversation. But yeah, I mean, our guy Greg Cassell has Pickens wide receiver one. I'm going to have him wide receiver five, one spot ahead of Traylon Burks. I'm nice. 99% sure. But I, I didn't love his, his profile either. Um, 67% of his career targets came on just two routes. Um, he had like no target competition at Georgia, despite like, you know, that pedigree, um, he ranks worst in the class in career yards after the catch per reception. That's something that's important to me, but, but yeah, he, he smashed the age adjusted stuff. Um, I mean, but that's really the only place he excelled, right? It was like, he broke out early and did stuff early, but then he sucked in his second year and then he tore his ACL in his third and everyone's excusing him like, Oh, well he was injured. Like, no, he was injured in his third year, bro. His second year, he blew. Um, yeah, no, I, I thought his sophomore season was, was pretty good. Um, slight uptick in yards per game. Uh, he came through when it mattered, like he crushed it in both the bowl games. Um, and then last season, you just have to completely write that off due to the ACL. But, um, no, I mean, that's, this is my wide receiver five. I like him. I'll admit, I can't wait to see him in press coverage based on some of the plays yeah. he made against uh, college cornerbacks. I'm looking forward to seeing some of it. Um, you, did you I, see I don't think Thor's, he's going to have a problem. Do you see Thor's tweet thread? That was, that was awesome. On, I, I, I love that physicality. 
I was about to say, if there's one wide receiver that I think is going to fight a cornerback in the in this draft, it's George <laughs> yeah. Pickens. It's definitely yeah. Pickens. I like Pickens, too. I have no idea where I like him, though. I'm waiting a bunch of these guys. I'm just waiting for the NFL to tell me where I like these one guys. One big tier. Just uh-huh. wait till they fall to you at the 108 and 110. So your two is interesting, and your two somebody that's been uh, rising, um, according to NFL draft, chatter, too. Might go to 10 at the Jets is the last I heard. Jamison Williams. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so what bothers me about Jamison Williams is the narrative on him is just wrong. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just wrong. Like people say, Oh, he was buried on the death chart in 2020. And it's just not true. He was legitimately bad or he was at least legitimately Thank unproductive. Um, he had 573 fewer receiving yards than Chris Olave and only 40 fewer routes. So 21% of his yards on 75% of his routes. He ranked bottom 12 in yards per route run. So if you have Jamison Williams above Chris Olave, which I do, you need to have an answer for that. If, if he's better than Olave, why was Olave literally running circles around him? Uh, and I'm just not seeing that question answered and I'm not seeing that question asked and that annoys me. Uh, if your answer is just, well, his 2021 was so obscenely incredible that you can just say, like, whatever. It doesn't I don't think that's, like, super compelling, but, like, lucky, luckily for him, like, his 2021 was absolutely freaking awesome. Uh, I, I brought this up and I talked about it in my article. I also talked about his BMI, which is a massive red flag. Like, we spent all offseason nitpicking Devonta Smith. Right, and this guy has a lower BMI yeah, he's, than Devonta he's Smith, and no one's talking about it because Devonta um, Smith he he was the trailblazer. We don't care about BMI. <laughs> we don't care anymore at all, just, right? <laughs> we just wanted one dude to hit, and we could go. See, it never mattered. Hey, Devonta did it. Now. Yeah, right. But I mean, like Devonta also ran circles around Jamison Williams. Yes. his thirty-seven yeah. percent more yards per game. Um, but. But yeah, uh, so all I'll say is uh, I'm not a tape guy again, but I went back and I watched the tape and I have a lot of PFF buddies who are super low on Justin Fields. And I watched the the Fields tape with those guys and they were like, yeah, like I I don't think he can read defenses. I don't think he can get through his progressions. Uh, Like watch this play. There's a wide open wide receiver 40 yards downfield, but not a corner back in sight. And instead he – throws um, uh, into th- throws to Garrett Wilson in double coverage, or he breaks off into a scramble. And I watched this. And but by the way, the guy who was wide open, who he never saw was Jamison Williams. I watched uh, this tape with them last year. And I was like, yeah, but like, I still like Justin Fields. But he was like, okay, he threw into double coverage. He missed that wide open guy. He broke off it for a scramble. It like resulted in a touchdown anyway. This guy's a freak. But uh, yeah, so I, I went back and I rewatched his 2020 tape and he was wide open on like every single play. There was only like a handful of plays where he he wasn't open. Uh, and by the way, he got double coverage. The guy with like nine receptions all year was occasionally double teamed. Like it was just crazy. Uh, so I came away like even more confident in Jamison Williams and uh, definitely thinking a little bit less of Justin Fields. Yeah, you and Matt Nagy get along well. Yes. <laughs> I re- yeah. I remember the draft. Yeah. You, not, not too, uh, not as high on him as uh, we are here at the HQ still holding out hope for Mr. Fields up there. Oh, in I'm Chicago. Already in, I'm already in fear that he's, he's bust. He's going to oh, bust. Man, you got to stop living. Trevor in fear. Lawrence. 
Dude, it takes all this is one one big Trey Lance. Year. They're all gonna they're all rookie, gonna bust. No, Trey Lance didn't play much, so I can I'm saying they're all future foreshadowing. They're all gonna bust. That's no, they're not. not, they're Trey, not. No, Trey Lance didn't get on the field and suck ass. Right. Dude, that's a big hit. Dude, you you don't hit in your first year. Generally, you're gonna be in your ass. You're gonna we'll be see. Ass. Jacksonville, Chicago. I think Justin Fields has less uh, fewer excuses to make than than uh Trevor Lawrence for sure in that first year, but you're going to have to give Lawrence a pass, I think. I don't know. At least it's a mess. But I, I had PFF buddies who, who like grind the tape telling me last year that Mac Jones is going to be so much better than Trevor Lawrence in the NFL. So like, I like, I'm, I'm nervous about all those rookies. And we heard something after the show last time about Trey Lance uh, like a per sources thing that kind of yeah. makes us nervous. And, and, right. you, know, you know, Zach wasn't great as a rookie. I don't know. I don't know that that class could, could go down in history as, you know, one of the most disappointing. And it's I, funny because you have the golden child, Trevor Lawrence, and some of those things that, that happen, it's like, you can only ding him so much in the draft because it's Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that guy was talked about, like no other quarterback. I mean, he really was. I mean, the the hype on that. And then you look at this class, and you know, not these guys. Still, some highly recruited guys. They they weren't the golden child. They weren't the anointed one. And 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 the knocks on them are, you know, are are fair things that could have been said about Trevor Lawrence. And I was never as high on him. I know Shane had him in like mm-hmm. every draft practically. Um, people really thought he was going to be you know the next great quarterback. because he was supposed to be he was right. supposed to be. because that was like and the fact hype. The, the fact that he wasn't even average last year he was legitimately yeah. bad. bad he was bad and he you can, really was you can look at all the excuses you want to give him but again good players perform even to like a a average level in a bad situation and he didn't do that like you I could feel- only blame so much on Urban Meyer, right? But uh, that's what my 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 film guys were telling me. They were they were saying super overrated. He, uh, you know, w- was great and shocked the world as a freshman, and then he just never improved. So like the hype never matched the talent, and and now I'm getting nervous. Yeah, I, but um, I mean, it's still still too early to write anyone off. And if this class ends up um, being just marginally better, like more guys hit than last class just goes to show you because there was a lot of hype on those quarterbacks last year compared to this year. Now everybody's kind of, man, I like this guy. No, uh, Ritter's the best guy. No, it's Corral. No, no, it's, you know, they, there's just, there's really no, no one that can tell you. So, Oh, Malik Willis has the highest ceiling. So we'll take him. It's just interesting because this year it's like, just put all those guys in one tier, take your pick. And last year wasn't like that. You had, everybody wanted Trey Lance. Everybody wanted a piece of that, that action in that class. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's no better than the one we're dealing with now that we can't decide who to pick from. I mean, when you look at that upside though, that's what we were looking at, right? We were looking at Trevor Lawrence, the greatest college prospect quarterback ever. You were looking at Justin Fields, Trey Lance, looking like they were just going to be like, look, even if they're not great as throwers day one, we've got their rushing ability. And then we have Zach Wilson, who people were unnecessarily high on because he's white and good looking, I guess. And his mom's kind of hot. I, I think that's, I, <laughs> I think, think it was the mom. mom. I think that I think was, it was the, the mom reason. more than it. Yeah. I think it's, they were drafting her. So people were drafting Zach Wilson in the <laughs> dynasty leagues, hoping his mom would notice and then they could smash his mom. Like, uh, nope, not how it works. <laughs> Sorry. Back to wide receivers. All right. Non-power five. Uh, let me ask you this. You got Christian Watson and Sky Moore, uh, one, two. How close do you have them rank? Like, if you were to just integrate them, 
with the I don't want to say real wide. I was about to say real wide receivers. They're like the 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 other conference guys. Where do you think they'd slot in? Yeah, I'm. I mean, I I'm not a projected draft capital guy at this point. I really just want to stay true to my rankings. And my model has a natural bias against non-power five wide receivers. Mm -hmm. And I thought about it and you know what? So do I, it's just like the, the bus rate is really bad, even when factoring in draft capital. And uh, these guys didn't impress me. They, they just really didn't impress me. Um, I wanted to like sky more because every film guy I talked to really likes sky more. I didn't like him. I didn't like the production profile. I didn't like the tape as much as I, I thought I should. Um, the stats weren't as good. This guy gets golden Tate comps. Like golden Tate's one of my favorite wide receivers receivers Same. of all time. Same. Like I get that he's not that great and he wasn't that great for, but like, I just loved him, you know, like the missed tackles. And I just like, do not see that with, with sky more. Um, the one thing I'll say about Christian, they're, well, they're both hyper elite freak athletes, but like Christian Watson's one of the greatest athletes of all time and he has massive red flags and he's he's not an fbs wide receiver like sky Moore at least was fbs non-power five sure um but i mean like his tape is fun like against some like really inferior competition he was gliding around like randy moss you know like i'm not comping him to randy moss but like just doing some things that looked so incredible and so sexy that you just like don't really see um but i mean i could dig into either of these guys or we can Talk about someone else. Yeah, any of those guys. No, it sounds like he hates them. So he said <laughs> that, that was the. Athlete. No, I mean, I mean, he does this not. Is, he drafted Sky Moore. I think this is this is wide receiver one and wide receiver two of the non-power fives, and like I flipped them twice, like an hour before my uh, uh, publish of this article, because uh, this was the only section of the article where I did factor in athleticism. Um, but I w I will say about Sky Moore is. Uh, so he didn't have the after the catch efficiency metrics to warrant a golden Tate comp. And uh, he didn't have a diversified route tree. Uh, he, he flopped against the better competition he faced. He also like smashed by uh, some other really important metrics. But what I kept coming back to is you stack him up against Dwayne Eskridge. So you look at Sky Moore's best season and yeah. you stack it up against Eskridge's best season and it pales in comparison. Okay, warranted, Eskridge is three years older, but at the same time, I mean, Eskridge played quarterback the year before, right? Uh, and then you stack it up, his yeah. breakout his breakout 19-year-old freshman season, stack that up against the year before, Jaden Reed's age 18 freshman season. He was playing with John Wasink at quarterback. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I don't uh, either. Caleb Ellaby is the consensus QB eight in this class. Uh, Jaden Reed was competing for targets with uh, Dwayne Eskridge. Sky Moore, you know, uh, his first season, Eskridge was playing cornerback and his numbers were significantly better at a younger age. And it's like, you know, there's different schemes and there's different factors that go into this, but it just, it just uh, looks like a, a little red flag for me. I mean, I, I like him. I'm going to have him high. It's just I, the fantasy guys are all are madly sure. in love with Sky Moore. Yeah. TJ Calkins was crying in every league together where I wouldn't let him draft him. So like, I, <laughs> I just have a bias against him. But, I um, saw you did get him in the one, I believe, um, in DFB, didn't you? Yeah. Um, I, and I don't want to go on too long about him, just that I know somebody that that's pretty well respected that think that likes Sky Moore over 
Chris Olave, which I think is probably a, a little a little crazy, even if um, you take the best of one and the worst of the other. But would well, you let's mind? talk about Chris Olave. Let's yeah, talk go about ahead. Chris. Yeah, I was going to say him and Mechie and Justin Ross because they're you know household names in this. Oh, class he's got Olave. He's got a lobby high. He's got him higher yeah, than does. Wilson. I don't appreciate that. Uh, he's he's three, but he, he's he's not going to be above Garrett Wilson. Just Garrett Wilson kind of like doesn't have any red flags. Chris Olave has a massive red flag, and his red flag is basically that he plays like a wussy. He just really. I heard plays you say that. Yeah, he does. Like he goes total... down too easy. Well, when you make that much, when you when you can create that much space, it really doesn't matter. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Like, look right. at Shane shaking his head. Like, from yeah, his so, tape so, watching over the years, he, he's like, no, that doesn't fly. You're a no, fantasy so, guy, so, stop. So there's an argument for that. So if you look at his his percentage of targets to either gain a first down or score a touchdown, he has, like, the two best seasons ever. And it's like, hey, okay. Uh, but at the same time, he ranks second worst in the class in career yards after the catch per reception. So that just doesn't fly. You, you yeah. can't square those two things. Uh, and especially when you add in, he forced one missed tackle all of last year by career I mean, missed tackles. Yeah. Yeah. By that's career insane. missed tackles forced per reception, he's worse than Zach Ertz over the last three years. Drake London, by the way, better than Debo Samuel over the last three years. Like you can't compare college to NFL. I get that, but this is just to, to show you how glaring this is and i found that uh, shocking because i watched that guy play every saturday right and i would have never guessed it was one broken one tackle. i know i mean that's an just an absurd number uh david bell Lawndale, drake london mechie sky Moore, the all had over 20 uh by career yards after contact per reception he ranks dead last as well so uh it's just that's a, a like some of these stats get factored into my model and so it's a testament to him He's still ranked third, but uh, yeah, I'm going to have Garrett over him in my final ranking. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a good point. All right, so just to cheat, and don't worry, no one will hear <laughs> this before it comes out. And if they, you'll have the, who's your number one wide receiver? Is it, is it? I think it's Drake. I, you don't I, want yeah. it to be. You don't it, want it, it to You seem hesitant really to say it. It, it, yeah. it does seem like that. It's just, it's just the production profile was so obscene, you know? Um, so was David Bell's though. It was. I mean, he was he was tenth by my model. I thought he would rank so much higher. Yeah. He he did not. It was just a lot of the uh, sort of like underground advanced analytics hurting him. But like his box score stuff was really impressive. Yeah, that, honestly, I'm surprised based on the the negatives, the drawbacks, and the things that people have been saying about Bell. I was surprised that when I read this that you had him that high. Really, I mean, I, that that's actually kind of comforting to me that I wouldn't mind based on that. I wouldn't mind taking him. You know, in that. Uh, upper second round like that probably i mean right now before the nfl draft and we see how things shake out but i mean i found that a little encouraging that you had him ranked at 10 but you know guys like mechie you have him it's in, he's in there right i mean that's a that was a household name people loved until you know this season justin ross without the injuries maybe it's a different story but you you seem to like both of those players fine yeah i'll also say something model. about J jahan dobson yep uh he had easily the worst quarterback play of any wide receiver in the top 10 uh, of my model. Pretty and awful. if you compare his numbers to Chris Olave, uh, they're a lot, they're actually better uh, if you quarterback adjust them. Uh, so last season, they were basically open on the same percentage of targets on a near identical ADOT. Mm -hmm. uh, they both ranked top seven in separation rate. 
but uh, Olave read, led all wide receivers in accurate pass percentage on all these targets, while Dotson ranked bottom five. And it was a massive advantage, a 62% advantage in Olave's favor just by accurate target rate when open. But uh, Olave was only 7% better by yards per target average. So that's like another sort of red flag for Olave and a thing that could lift up some of these other wide receivers. But you mentioned Mechie and you mentioned uh, Justin Ross, who are two players I really like. And I like them, I think, more than my model ultimately did. Uh, Just to talk about Mechie, he dealt with serious injuries uh, in 2020 in 2021 that people aren't really factoring into the equation. Uh, He was the clear wide receiver two in 2020 competing against Devonta Smith. Even when Jalen Waddle was healthy, he was like neck and neck with Devonta Smith as the wide receiver two. And he played with a stress fracture in his shin for 30% of the season. He missed practice that entire time. Uh, The next season he was slow to start. He said he wasn't fully healthy. And uh, it, like the numbers bear that out. He averaged 55 yards per game through the first five, 108.4 across his final eight. Uh, the, the track record on Alabama wide receivers with this sort of production is flawless. Um, and yeah, I, I liked him a lot more than I ever expected. Because the narrative on him is like slow, uh, slot wide receiver, Patriots may draft him in round four kind of thing, but I I liked him (laughs) uh, significantly more than that. And then Justin Ross is just, I think he goes undrafted. Like I think he goes undrafted. I'm not a source guy, but like I sort of have sources on this and they're saying it's really bad. The majority of NFL teams don't think he'll ever return to the player he was before the spinal surgery and then NFL players don't want to take that gamble. They've consulted medical experts who say like one hit uh, can leave him like fully paralyzed. And you have fans in the stadiums watching that sort of thing. But I mean, if he gets so drafted, sad, yeah. if, if it's really sad, it's really sad. But if he gets drafted, you know, late day three, whatever, I, I'm going to try and uh, acquire him in all my rookie drafts just because like he has insane upside. Uh, you have to write off the entirety of the 2021 season. Uh, so he didn't play football at all following the surgery. His first practice back, he supposed to be, uh, he contacted COVID, he lost 15 pounds. So we're, we're nearing like two weeks before the start of the season. It's officially his first scrimmage. On the second tackle, he breaks a bone in his foot. The second pr- uh, play of that scrimmage. And so he played with that throughout the entire season and he had bottom five levels of quarterback play. And so if you adjust for that, the the season kind of looks pretty good and his tape kind of looked pretty good. Uh, But really you just have to throw all that out. And what are you left with? You're left with the best, arguably the best freshman season ever. If competition adjusted, if age adjusted, it's the best yards per route run season in PFF history he led the receivers in receiving yards ahead of T Higgins, ahead of Hunter Renfro, ahead of Amari Rogers. Uh, despite ranking a distant fourth in routes, he didn't start a single game. Uh, and the numbers are just so off the charts. Basically he was, you don't even age adjust it. You don't even route adjust it. And he's like 
99% T Higgins. So like if you can get 99% T Higgins, like a, a 30% chance of that for free, I'm right. going to gamble on that every single time. That's a problem though, is that, that neck injury. I'm, I, I was shocked. It's really sad. Yeah. Like how did, like, I know like he had to stop playing. Cause he, yeah. Like you said, he was, he was going to be a fear or in danger of not being able to walk. He could be paralyzed. Many, and then somehow they cleared him to play. I was like, Oh, that doesn't sound good. Many neurosurgeons, many <clears throat> medical experts told him, do not ever play football again. And he yeah. chose to come back. Ballsy. Yeah, man. I look, you, you love it, right? I guess that's your life. That's what you put your whole life into. And you're gonna try it, but I, I want to walk. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's do some trades. Let's do it. Scott, you said you had a trade. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me pull it up. You pull it up. I'm gonna go through one while uh let's go through Madman. She's got no, one. you can't do it. I just received a word from this person that there's a competing offer from one Scott Barrett and TJ Calkins. Uh, never mind. Oh, never wow. mind. Never mind. Okay. So uh nope. uh you know, our this this has turned into table talk all of a sudden. Nope. Look, I, I gotta be honest with you. You know, I'm as soon as someone tells me there's a competing offer, I'm usually out. I'm like you then go to them and like i hope you make no trades actually maybe from you in two days maybe we should talk about it that'll help scott with his bid um and then <laughs> i don't even i don't even know about this. it this is this is tj gone rogue here He's, he uh, has yeah i just i i heard there's a competing offer and so you know go ahead you you can tell him it doesn't matter i'm not making this deal so i just deleted fun. it now well I'll, here i'll just put it right here in the let me let me add it all right 211 311 george kittle yeah. For Christian Kirk, Jameis Winston, Pat Fryermuth, uh, Dawson, Dawson Knox, Knox, and Chase Claypool. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a little confusing and complicated. Can you say it one more time? Sure. Exactly. So the important parts are the George Kittle, the 211, and the 311. Four. And four. Uh, Christian Kirk, Jameis Winston, Pat Fryermuth, Dawson Knox, and Chase Claypool. Oh, wow. And can you guys tell me, is this a, is this a tight end premium? I think it's 0.5, right, Scott? Tight end premium What league is only? this? Oh, this is crystal ball. Mm. 1.5. The one that I just joined in the middle of the I, I don't know who you're talking to, but I think this is a bluff. I don't think uh, this is a – any of those are players TJ well, will try and acquire. No, it's uh, – Kurt, sorry, Curtis Patrick is offering me the 211, the 311, and Kittle. The 211, which is right now, I picked, you know, of course, Carson Strong at the 210. 211 is Curtis Patrick's pick. I was trying to get it. So he's telling me if I give him Christian Kirk, Jameis Winston, Pat Fryermuth, Dawson Knox, Chase Claypool, he'll give me Kittle, the 211 and 311. But I'm, I'm not trying to get uh, any older necessarily. I, I just, you know, I, I thought I'm probably just going to reject it, right? And then he How said that you guys, that TJ's trying to get the pick too. And I was like, oh, well, this is great because Scott's on the podcast right now. How many do you start in this league? Because he's just offering you like 86 players. What is it, 11? It's, it's, and it's converting to best ball, but it's 11 oh, players. Oh, right. So, yeah. Yeah. So that depth is, is huge for best ball. Christian Kirk is a guy I'm trying to acquire. I mean, like he's the sixth highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. The NFL values him, but uh, he's like wide receiver 46 in Dynasty. Um, and I'm hearing that they're, they view him as a possession wide receiver, as like a 140 target guy. And that's why they paid him as such. Uh, so I could see him being like pretty valuable in PPR this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're never going to win a trade with Curtis Patrick. It's just never been done. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm aware. Yeah. Me, me, then that's when me and Jeremy were talking about that earlier. Like, even if I don't value Christian Kirk, 
I'm still going to take that shot to see, all right, well, maybe I'm wrong. And he's definitely worth more than the 211 in my eyes, which was the offer at one point. Like, dude, he was the right. 211 when he was in Arizona at the end of last year when it just looked like they just didn't like him anymore. Now that, yeah, he's the richest, he reset the wide receiver market um, and shook up the NFL because Christian Kirk is the reason that the NFL is completely different this year. Um, yeah, hold on to him and see what happens. Because if he comes out and he balls, you can trade him for a first, not a 2023 first because those are off the table everywhere. Oh, I had a trade. Yes. Yeah, we, so we were talking about this last night. Uh, no, we were talking about it earlier. You guys weren't there with us last night. But we um, <laughs> <laughs> we met up with uh, some of our buddies. Uh, Run DFF came in from uh, Mississippi because he had just run the Boston Marathon. And uh, our buddy Mercer was there. Me and Mercer were talking. We're in a couple Mercer. leagues together. Um, and we T-Law came up, and I said, I'd like to move him. And he said, I'd like to have him. And I said, I probably will sell him to you fairly low right now. Um, so I gave him T law. He gave me the one Oh one and the three Oh one. The 2022 one Oh one and the three Oh one for, for T law. Yeah. And this is in the dynasty trades HQ slash dynasty and children uh, league. Like having that one Oh one. What do you think, Scott? What was it? One Oh one and three Oh one for, um, what's the T-Law. Dude's name? T-Law. What's the dude's name? You you've already <laughs> forgotten. He was your favorite quarterback at one point, and now um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I think that's solid. It's 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 probably a win for you by startup ADP. Uh, yeah. I I'll just say Trevor's not really someone I'm I'm trying to acquire. Um, I get the upside argument for sure, but uh, that that season was super scary for a guy. A lot of my film heads were never that high on. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling. I'm getting I'm, I'm more and more scared. Um, good trade, good trade. Start 12. I'm actually hoping I can trade the 101, like for someone that wants to just get Brees Hall, but I don't think anyone is going to. This, everyone hates this class so much. Like, no one's moving up. Like, just no one. And is. nobody knows yet either. It's it's funny. It's fun. Well, What else like, you got? Just uh, but to that point when you read Scott's article, like it was the funniest thing ever because he's like every one of these wide receivers has like a fatal red flag. Like yeah. it's true because it's like every one of them you could point out at least one thing and go, he's got no shot to hit. So yeah, we're gonna have no idea. I guarantee you, like <laughs> like Scott, like three or four of these guys are gonna hit. No idea which ones it's gonna be. I'm just trying to. Th- this class up. reminds me a lot of 2016, where you had a clear RB one bell cow and Zeke. That's Brees Hall. Uh, a really exciting RB2 is an elite runner, but d- didn't catch passes and Derrick Henry. And then like no one after that was valuable, like maybe Jordan Howard in the sixth round. But outside of that, it was a bunch of non-starters. The yeah. quarterbacks were all bad. Good point. Paxton Lynch was QB3. Christian Hackenberg was QB4, overdrafted. So And then the wide receivers were Corey Coleman, wide receiver one. Will Fuller, wide receiver two. That's Jamison Williams. Wide receiver three is Josh Doxson. Wide receiver four is Treadwell. That's Drake London in a worst-case scenario. Michael Thomas was wide receiver six. Tyreek Hill was the, the gem of the draft. And it's like I could see it being like that, where whoever is wide receiver one, you know, Chris Olave, you know, busts out for the red flags we talked about. He's Corey Coleman. And then, you know, Michael Thomas could be the um, George Pickens, right? So, yeah, exactly. Um, I think I think uh, it's just going to be the, there. Your, your top six wide receivers, two hit in a massive way, four bust in a massive way, and like you just don't know pre hindsight who that's going to be because they're all 
high risk, high reward, boom bust types in, in my eyes from an analytic perspective. What's funny about this class too, is we keep saying like to, to make ourselves feel better. Well, like all these wide receivers are going to go in the first round, but yeah, you just ne- mentioned that 2016 class and there was a bunch of right. first rounders and they were all trash cans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was until the late first. So the second round really, that yeah. it, mat- it mattered that draft. All right. I, I got another the bathroom real quick. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, on. my man. Well, thanks. Well, what's your trade, Shane? All right. Go ahead and say it. Yeah, you're not gonna like this. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a premium tight end league. Um, let me just give you some reasoning behind it. I won the title last year, and I've kind of just been bored of making moves. Um, you got a repeat? Eh, whatever. I got a. I gave up George Kittle, and I got the. And this is a copy league. I got the one sixteen and the one twenty three. So I think that's the 108 and the 112 and a half. Are you sure? You can't really do that. In a copy league, 112, yeah. 108 and 112 and a half. 116. 111 and a half. 112. 111 yeah. and a half. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. 111. We're around. <clears throat> so 108 and 111 for Kittle. Yeah. And a four and a fourth. Man, I yeah. don't know. I what what do you think you're gonna get? What 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 are your targets? Let's just say at 108, 111. What are you thinking you're gonna get? A quarterback and with one of those or I got no target. I did this trade with no follow-up. This was just because I was is bored it, as hell. <laughs> is it hard to get picks though? Yeah, I, I imagine you you do that sometimes. I don't know. I didn't I didn't have any picks in the first round of this draft. Like these are literally the only I, I sold out to win a title. Like I traded for Devontae Adams and some other stuff. I mean, how long is George Kittle gonna hang on being this guy, uh, blocking every down and getting getting beat or beat around. I mean, I love him, but at some point, so I don't know what, what that, when that point is, but I, you know, a couple of firsts, if it's tough to acquire them, you don't have any, the fourth is no big deal to me. You know, I get burned out on dudes quickly, right? Like when I go all in on them and then they just don't do what they're supposed to like George Kittle, you were supposed to be like Travis Kelsey. What happened? You're not Travis Kelsey yet. I'm not going to, I'm just moving on. So I moved on. He blocks. He blocks more. He's more like Bronk. Where he blocks and peels on out. Yeah, but Gronk would, a lot. Gronk would still put up insane scoring numbers. I, I don't know. I'm just Kittle. Just feels like I think well, it injured now, too. Now, now if they trade Debo, maybe he'll see 140 targets and I'll cry in my sleep. Did Scott hear your trade and your double? Copy yeah, what's the copy, copy league? league? Yeah, you've never been in a copy league. I've never heard of it. Seriously, where there's yeah. you can have the same player more than once. You have oh. to. That's really cool. You, you, you're so you not, have two Kyle Pitts on the same team? No, you can't. But there's two in the league. So it just mm. yeah. more than one Kittle, more than one. Right. Why can't you everybody? have two of the same guy? That'd be awesome. I think I, know more, I, I would love it. I always thought that too. I think it's more of a platform issue is that the platform mm. just won't let you. Like we need NFL to start one where you won't. can have as many copies of uh, Kyle Pitts as you want. Well, dude, MFL just raised their prices again um, and gave a few no new features for the umpteenth year in a row. If Sleeper can find out a way to just add, like, you can just have the same player on your same one roster, dude, I'd love that. Because, yeah, I'd be like, how many times can I draft, like, uh, JT? I'll draft him twice. It's fine. If you had two Christian McCaffrey's in 2019, it was impossible to lose. Right. You could start whoever you want. You just automatically win. Yeah. It's like that. That crazy. Yeah, they need to set that I love up. It. I'll, I'll tweet at Sleeper. Another thing great about Sleeper is you tweet at them, they actually respond to you. MFL is like, oh, we'll get back to you. We're going to send a telegram. All right, okay, thanks, guys. The cool well, thing about being in a league like that is, and I'm in one, well, I don't really enjoy it that much because it's IDP too, but there, it's a it's a quadruple copy. There's four 
basically four conferences essentially, right? And so like you you can trade for George Kittle to you can make offers if you want him to four, you know, four different teams. You have four shots at getting whatever player you want instead of one. And so it's it's wow. a lot easier to make trades to acquire players you want. I'll say that. I mean, yeah. it's fun. And I mean, that's it, the that's, thing. But I I don't enjoy the league that I'm talking about that much. If you're one of those people that trades. you're hunting hunting a specific player, you're like this dude's just unreasonable. Let me go to Betty who's got him too and I know <laughs> she'll actually make a trade. Yeah. And then you can just DM the dude afterwards and be like, "You dumb Right, look at this trade I made. I would have made it with you, but you're too hard-headed. What was your trade, Scott? Yeah, let's see. Oh, yeah. So TJ and I traded with Evan Silva in the Crystal Ball League that you just joined. We got the 204, and uh, I let TJ make this pick. He took Christian Watson. Uh, I might have taken Trey McBride. I'm not sure. Or Jahan Dotson was there. Uh, but TJ made that pick. 204. We gave up. Remember, this is a best ball tight end premium league. We gave up the 407, Adam Troutman, KJ Osborne, Denzel Mims, Terrace Marshall, Marquez Callaway, and Diami Brown. And so, like in a best ball league, that looks like one of the biggest L's of all time. But our team is so absurdly stacked. It is now. We would have dropped all of those players. So it was actually a win for us, like a rare super win-win. Yeah, you would have had to cut players anyway. And I I figured at some point it was coming. I saw someone else made a trade like that too because you can't keep keep all these players and keep drafting. And so it made sense to move a bunch of them like you did. And at at first I was like, wow, what a a haul for Silva. Um, But yeah, you came out with the guy you wanted probably all along, or at least TJ did with Watson. And that, you you know, um, that was right before Dotson and your guy, Trey McBride and Rashad White went as well after that. I'm surprised you let him take Watson over your guy McBride, honestly. Well, that's what's a shock. I know you're not used to this, but when you're a co-owner in a league, you have to have some give and take. You can't just be all about you. Like I oh, love this right. newfound Shane with the DFB <laughs> stuff. Man, we finally got it together, huh? That two players we don't talk about on the HQ. We just we don't allow it. You named one of those wide receivers already that was like the, the first ranked one. Years back to the Cleveland Browns, um, we don't speak of him or another guy um, who was super tall. Probably should have played tight end. Um, Hakeem Butler. That too, anyway. Jerk off. So, like, but <laughs> but we had some uh, quarter. All the quarterbacks we argued about early on in that draft, um, we don't care about anymore. So we we definitely rebounded because we made it to the title game. What the second year, and then this past That's year right. we made it to the playoffs. I mean, you know, last year was really bad luck or we would have, um, you know, we just lost too many players to compete with those good teams at the end. I like our, our chances in that one. Crystal Ball, it's looking like a Scott Barrett, TJ Calkins coup right now. You have one of the best teams in that one. It's Back. one of the best teams Depth. I've ever seen. For I best mean, ball, yeah. Uh, we have six starters, starting quarterbacks in a super flex league. Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, Drew Locke, Tua, Zach Wilson. Yeah. Can I roster bait? Can I continue to roster bait here? Didn't you just, yeah, didn't you just get Nick Chubb too? I was pissed when I saw that. That was this yeah. league, right? Nick Chubb, Michael Carter, Najee Harris, David Montgomery, Rashad Penny, Javante Williams, Jamar Chase, Deontay Johnson, DK Metcalf, George Pickens, Jalen Waddle. I quit. Uh, Noah Fant, Dallas Goddard, Kyle Pitts. It's just like. He got like Nick Chubb straight up for J.K. First... Dobbins, right? You like that? You got Chubb straight up for trading yeah. Dobbins away. That I yeah, that all day. Who, who wouldn't love that? Come on, man, that yeah. was awesome. 
there's a bunch of guys who haven't seen their ADP rise like they should. Like the Browns have Deshaun Watson now. That's beautiful game script for Nick Chubb. He should go up in price. I mean, Amari Cooper is the wide receiver one. How is he like wide res- like a sixth rounder in startups? Makes no sense. You're on mute, You're on bro. Mute. We talked about it on this show, and I think uh, Shane actually might have changed his tune slightly, but just based on Amari Cooper's profile in the past, is he really going to do much better on the Browns? But just the fact that, I mean, value, and, and if you were going to trade him now that he is you know, the, the, the number one receiver, and you know, I, I think there will be an uptick. But, yeah, it's, it's crazy how ADP doesn't reflect um, Nick Chubb. It's not, it never really has. He, he continues to be a, a bargain buy. Um, and obviously in trades, I mean, Dobbins hasn't shown anything. Why would you? I, I don't know. I don't uh, want to just that owner, but that's you really have to love Dobbins. And I do really like Dobbins. I think he'll be good, but Nick Chubb's already great. Like, I don't need to, I don't need to, to I don't need to take a risk in that with that guy. Dude, that's you, all I'm saying. JK Dobbins, you're looking for hoping he has a situation as good as Nick Chubb because he's never going to be a pass catcher. Oh. They're just going to. They're just going to always yeah. have other guys that are going to do that. Yeah, great trade. What else do you guys want to hit? We've oh. been going for like an hour. Um, I was about to wrap it up as the host. <laughs> as the co-host. Go for it. All right. Well, I want to thank our guest, Scott Barrett, at Scott Barrett DFB. You can find him at Fantasy Points and um, on a date tomorrow. Good luck with that. Um, yes, definitely. Madman at Dynasty Madman. Shane at Shane is the worst. Read stuff. Oh, Scott's rankings are coming out. Oh, tomorrow. actually, actually. Yeah, uh, oh, good. I, 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 I don't have a date tomorrow. It's it, we're it's Saturday. So just in case you listen to this and thinks I have a, a date with someone else, no, 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 it's, it's Saturday. But we were supposed she, to hang out today, but we moved it. So. Did she listen to your podcast appearances? She said she did. Yeah. Oh, oh wow! Oh, man. That's some that's some homework. I know yeah. you're really excited about this one, and uh, good luck. No, but um, Mike couldn't be here tonight. Sorry about that again. He he, he sends his regards, family obligation. So he wanted to hang out. Uh, with Alec Baldwin and the rest of the show. Um, and But thanks for joining us, Scott. We love talking to you. Great job on the wide receivers. And everybody needs to check out at Fantasy Points, fantasypoints.com for great content. Continues to get better, continues to grow. Check them out. Anything you want to say about Fantasy Points before we get out of here? Uh, check out the Greg Cassell draft guide. It's like 25 bucks. Or with a regular subscription, you can read all of my work, all of Wes Huber's work, I think. That as a draft guide is, you know, up there with anything else. So uh, really insanely detailed. Um, and yeah, that's it. Yeah. Great site. We appreciate you coming on the show and hanging out with us. And we'll see everybody next week. Take care. My pleasure. Bye, Shane. <laughs> Goodbye, Shane. <laughs>